Why, hello there. My name is Dalton, and welcome to Highlight the Creative, a podcast show where we interview other creatives. We talk about creativity and community. So sit back and enjoy today's episode. Hey, welcome back to season two of Highlight the Creative. I'm your host, Dalton, and our very first special guest is none other than Mr. Trent Brown. Hey, what's up, guys? I was really expecting like applause. Like I was hearing like applause in the background. We can like, add that in. Yeah, like we're filming in front of a like studio that, like, audience. Like Sim, or what is it? Like Roller Coaster Tycoon. Like hooray in the background. Like yeah. <laughs> you see confetti pop up. Yeah. Right. And it's like hey, Trent Brown. And, like they have a sign with your name on it. Perfect, dude. Yeah, get on it. That's it says the next video uh, project for you right there. You can put that together for us. It says Welcome to Brown Town. Welcome to Brown Town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could be taken so many different ways. No. Yeah, Anyways, <laughs> so kind of Trent starting off. Um, we kind of talked beforehand before we started the podcast we were making some coffee some things we wanted to talk about um but first off kind of you've been on a podcast of ours before yeah it's been a while it's been a while back it's, we say a while what a year about a year yeah but as much as we put out podcasts it feels like a decade yeah it's crazy man there's a lot on there i, I go back and i start like oh i want to listen to a you know modern what are you guys calling it now? Modern media now. It's the the conglomerate is modern media, modern group, media group, and then every it, it branches down from there. So like, there's a modern thinking podcast. Okay. There's Saturday Night Happy Hour. There's oh, Highlight I see. the Creative, okay. and that's just on the podcast side. Okay. And we're actually getting ready to introduce Doing... a new podcast show within the coming months. Sweet. About entertainment and movies, like video it. games. So that's gonna be really fun. And then we have the video stuff on YouTube nice. and. It's growing a little empire. Yeah, man, that's exciting. I've I looked at the YouTube channel. I've, uh, yeah, it's it's looking really cool. I dig it. Thanks, man. Uh, and like the the artwork you guys are making for it is really cool too. I'm excited to uh, see what you guys come out with. Are but, you talking about those little black and white portraits? Yeah, the, the little yeah the portraits you guys made. Like just the little. Uh, I mean, art. I guess you're making visual art essentially. Yeah, <laughs> not just like audio art. It's um, a blast. It's awesome, man. dude. Uh, but yeah, um, I went back lo- looking for one to watch, and I was like, "Geez, there's so many now. It's like, <laughs> what do I choose? Like that, that it's like that phenomenon where it's like, there's so much. Like, oh, I guess I just won't pick one then. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I'm the same way. Like, so like I love open world games, but I get super stressed out. Yeah, like I love like, Skyrim, but like do. after like an hour, I'm like, okay, f this, I'm done. Yeah, this is too stressful. like right. There's too much going on. You're like, you next thing you know, you have like five quests on your on your like in your book, and you're like. But wait, like, what do I go this way? Do I go this way? Like, yeah, it too gets, many options. Yeah, it's, it gets way, way confusing. So, mm-hmm. kind of, you were on here before. I don't know what podcast that is. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's probably it was like, like uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was pretty much just like a me and Briar just kind of talking, chatting, right? chatting about like what I'm up to, um, kind of where I came from. So, if you guys, I guess I could kind of skip over some of that because I've talked about it before. Kind of just do like a brief introduction. Okay. Like, so what is your craft? What is your creativity? Yeah, all right. So it changes all the time. But I would say at this current time in 2019, um, my current art is as a photographer. Um, however, it's changing from me wanting to do uh, a lot of work for like the people around me. Um, it's kind of shifting towards I want to maintain photography as like something for me. And then – but all – for me only and then do like larger paid shoots uh to like keep the money coming in okay Um, so i'm what my for my going forward from this goal is to book more like contract jobs like pretty much like um for other businesses or as like a contractor for um a media company such as yourself for instance like modern media group might 
want to hire someone to come in or if you didn't already have the skill to do that might hire someone in to come and do like employee photos or something but right. in like a creative way like in a way that's not just like all right stand against this flat wall i want to take your photo oh there it is you know done. <laughs> like a passport like, yeah exactly <laughs> like i want to provide i want to help brand organizations and groups um for what they're looking for not just for like what i'm going to create like i would love to work with people and and you know start like really look at it as like a creative director opposed to just like pushing the button for, for the creative director. I would hope to, that's kind of like what I'm going forward. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm kind of evolving from um, valuing photos from a, like we talked a little bit about like before, but from a, well, what will get likes on Instagram? And I've kind of went away from that and looked and a little bit more towards like, what are, what's the, person receiving this photograph how are they going to feel about this like um or is it fit the mood like if i for instance like an example would be I, i've done a lot of engagement work so i've done a lot of couples together so right. a guy and a girl or uh you know going out and having a little adventure showing love for each other um and what i used to kind of do was try to set these people into a situation for which would look a certain way whereas now i my emphasis mostly is, or my more of my emphasis goes towards who are these people like what is their relationship is their relationship um something that is very grandiose and very um you know a couple you know the couple that wants to take photos all the time like for right. this in front of this monument in front of this thing us doing this together or is this a couple that is very um you know maybe uh um very like at home very homey very like um, close to each other, very like maybe even you even even go a little deeper, like dependent on each other, or right. are these individuals very independent of each other? And that I think needs, or for me, for my artwork, is becoming more and more of an, an important thing, rather than just what is going to look objectively good. Right. You know? So it sounds like to me you you kind of shifted from the how to the why. Exactly. Like, instead yeah. Instead of going like, okay, well, how do I get these likes? Yeah. How do I uh, convey this image? Mm -hmm. And it's more like, okay, why do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. Why, why is this couple asking me to take their photos? Do yeah. they like, like you said, love taking photos, or is it just like the, the everyone knows a couple where like the husband is just dragged into this? Yeah. Like he's right. there because if he's just but not he there, he's sleeping on the not couch. Not want to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I've seen that so many times yeah. too. And that is, you know, that's that's the side of underside of photography that. A lot of people don't even think about because photography is a still. Um, you see it as it was in that very moment. No, no, nothing else. Right. Video is a little bit different because you can kind of get some context about what's going on. Um, but in photography, you got to understand that there's two people. Typically, for me at least, there's two people in front of you, whether that's at a wedding or a um, or just a couple shoot that are just staying there waiting for something to happen. And I was going to ask you that. Do you, when you take these engagement shoots, weddings are a little bit different because you're capturing the moment too. Mm -hmm. But like on engagement shoots, do you pose them or do you have them act? Because when I do it, I have yeah. them act. Yeah, same. So do I. Uh, and like that's something that comes with experience, I think, is uh, understanding that if you ask someone to just stand and look a certain way, it, it doesn't look good no, <laughs> you know? no like regardless like, of how it's supposed to look it doesn't look good um it's the like key that british to, prime minister walking down the stage oh, you know have yeah, you seen that movie? Like, like, i'm supposed to look like this right <laughs> now you know and 
yeah, it never looks natural. It never looks organic. And people, I think the viewer and the person receiving the photograph is going to be like, well, that doesn't look like, I don't know, it looks forced, you know? Right. So, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Acting out is like the best form of getting to where that point would be. So you have an idea of what's in mind and then you kind of facilitate like uh you really are, you have to create like an imagination land where it's kind of like, all right, in this space, sometimes I'll even do this. I'll even say like, all right, sometimes when I'm feeling really animated and like kind of fun. I'll be like, all right, in this space, we're not in this back alley of this, you know, garage that has like a cool metal thing in the back. We're not here. We're in a different, you know, universe where like, uh, you know, over here, there's something very dramatic happening. So like, as you're, you know, walking this way, there's something going on over here. Maybe it's like someone, I don't know, some kind whatever. You can make so up you an literally infinite. like paint a picture. Yeah, you can them. paint a picture for them. So it puts them in a, an environment where they can pretend themselves and trick their body into reacting and looking a certain way. So if you want someone to look scared, you can pretend you can say, oh, there's someone chasing you from over there. This, right. I never do this, but that's an example. It's <laughs> a good thing for engagement yeah, photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for like engagement photos. Like, oh, no, pretend there's like a, you know, a dinosaur or something over there, which has become like a meme online, right. putting dinosaurs into like wedding photos uh, and no, stuff. Have seen you that. seen them? I've yeah. seen the one with Jaws in the background. Yeah, like, Jaws, out yeah. The they'll do all kinds of them. Like, they'll do like crazy like explosions and stuff. And like the whole wedding party is like running and screaming. It looks like they're like running for their lives. I love it. It's like, really funny, it's but that's an extreme example of like what you would do at a wedding shoot like that like you know you have to paint a picture like all right guys on this one we're gonna do the flying v of the mighty ducks we all remember the mighty ducks right oh you know, yeah this is the flying staple. v yeah you all staple. and they and they puts them in a mindset typically or most people puts them in a mindset that changes their demeanor changes how they look um so yeah that's kind of one intense side but we also you you uh, with um you know photographing couples you really are looking for like this, uh, the expression of love towards each other. And right. with, you know, it's kind of difficult or it's a very interesting, weird dynamic to be in the presence of two people that are showing like very like vulnerable, like attention towards each other and, and love towards each other. Right. Um, and being in that space with someone, it requires a certain level of emotional um, softness, I guess you would say. And it comes down to the photographer or videographer making sure that they feel comfortable mm -hmm. because you can get, you can get someone that's head over heels for each other and they get around someone they don't know. Yeah. It's a completely different story. Yeah. Cause I, I've done that before. Like I've, I've photographed couples I know personally, we've all hung out and it was just, it was just another day Super of hanging fluid, out. Yeah. And then I've photographed couples. I was like, okay guys, like, <laughs> and then, right, so you lay here, you like drape your hand across yeah. his face here. <laughs> and they're just like, what? I don't know you. Yeah, this is awkward. Right. It's exactly. Like, <laughs> and I, and it's it's fun though, because um, and kind of goes. Uh, we filmed a wedding two weeks ago, and you know the the time period where like if you can't photograph during golden hour, you kind of just got to work with the shade or mm -hmm. the clouds. Yeah. And it was one of those things where we had to work with the clouds, mm -hmm. and the whole entire time we, we were having to wait, and we had to make sure that the groom and the groomsmen and the bridesmaids and everyone they, that they were comfortable waiting that yeah. we could that we could like hey i know this is like and it was hot too so it's, it's our job as photographers and videographers to make them feel comfortable make mm -hmm. them laugh yeah keep the vibe up you know yeah. like not let make everyone else around you kind of dip into this like uh like kind of like sluggish mood you got to kind of keep people up you got to kind of all right guys hey poof, poof. 
hey, this is, you know, you got to kind of keep right. their attention. Like, hey, this is a setback, but hey, we're just going to roll with it. But within no time, this is going to change. Um, you know, you might do this. You might do this. You might, you know, fix your whatever, like kind of, you know, straighten your something, something. And, and that way you kind of get them not waiting. Right. It's a matter of making people not feel like they're waiting is a lot of the game. It's all about creating that atmosphere of like positivity and fun because man, if it's raining, if it's cold, hot during a wedding, it's it can go downhill so fast. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to kind of, you know, pick it up and create that environment yeah. that you're talking about and make everyone feel comfortable, yeah. like they, they have a blast on well, like, the whole entire time. Yeah, like an example of this would be like and like almost like in almost any friend group, any group of people, uh, people take on certain roles within those groups. Um, like I have certain groups that I'm a part of. Maybe those are like college friends, for instance, or where like I have, you know, five or six maybe people that sometimes get together. I've gotten together before. Once people are together, like there's each person kind of takes on a certain role, but that role might be taken on differently in each friend group. So like in Stillwater, I'm, uh, I had become more of a i don't know more of like a extra extrovert or someone who's like going out and like i don't know like cre- making things happen you're the hype people. man yeah like the hype man but like <laughs> dj Khaled. yeah yeah you know <laughs> but in my like exactly like dj Khaled. yeah i just like walk in the room like like, Trip DJ Trip! <laughs> like everywhere i go like every single moment i can i do that just to like you know build the brand right yeah uh, I <laughs> just like throw my business cards and hundred dollar bills just like up in the air at the same time and monopoly like, money <laughs> yeah yeah of course <laughs> not real hundred dollar bills no 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 i'm talking yeah of course yeah. Uh, <laughs> i like that you're very it's very true like in in this group of people i've been called daddy and i hate <laughs> but it. you've never considered yourself you never considered yourself to be that you know or like I, I mean like of... i'm mature like i pay my bills but i still mm-hmm. laugh at fart jokes so like i don't feel like i qualify to be a dad but yeah. i'm the daddy of the group and hey, they man, call me that and the I way it goes it, but i have to accept it that we had we like literally like when me and a friend essentially moved into this house in my sophomore year of college uh one of the guys who lived there was older he's like 25 we we're like 21 and we gave him so much crap about just being like old man or like dad or something but like it's funny because like we didn't mean it like in any negative way and he never thought of himself as that but until you hang out with some younger kids or something that look as you at you as like a responsible older person it's like well now i guess i'm a responsible older person you know right. <laughs> but you kind of you yeah you kind of take on that you take role. on those roles well you take on the roles that your group expects uh mm-hmm. like for instance i i can't remember what it's called i wish i would have looked into it more and written it down but it kind of has something to do with uh, evolution too yeah that, that's a big part of it it comes yeah. down to like uh uh man it probably has wrapped in with epigenetics as well but what happens in groups is whenever someone when you let's say an example that i saw online on a youtube video was there's two individuals in high school one of them is uh you know let's say they're in let's say they're 10th grade let's say they're like 16 years old one of them, uh, genetics has allowed this person to be physically fit, allowed this person to be tall, athletic naturally, you know. And by the time they get to high school, everyone looks at them and they're like, wow, this kid's going to do great things. This kid's going to, you know, be the state champion or whatever. This kid's going to do something. And then at the same time, there's a kid right next to him that maybe, you know, didn't have the most motivation to stay fit from their parents when they were younger. Maybe they got involved in computers a little bit more than they did with uh, the sports or something when they were younger. And by the time they get up to that age, whenever they're being recognized from like people around them more uh, or seen as like, oh, this is fine. This is someone who's growing older, but maturing. 
well, whenever they're maturing, they might not look like they're going to be achieving, you know, physical prowess or like, you know, peak state, you know, uh, track meet winner or something. So whenever they, that person tries that uh, activity, like that person goes and says, I want to play basketball. They go in there and the people in that group don't expect that individual to succeed. Their expectations are actually lower than that, than that of the other kid. Well, right. the other kid is go is statistically kind of obvious. I mean, I hate to say obvious, but statistically much, much, much higher a chance that they will succeed because everyone around them expects them to. Exactly. So it's yeah. about it's really about the groups that you're in. Are they expecting you to be a certain way? And if they are, you probably will be. It's almost like a herd mentality. Yeah. Like it's um like you know, like in certain groups of animals and stuff, like if you're sick, for example, mm -hmm. like baby chickens, I, this is a, this is a static example, but like if you're, if you get a group of baby chickens together and one becomes sick, the other ones move away from it Yeah, and they leave it to die. Oh uh, yeah. And that's kind of, kind of dark, morbid, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's an evolutionary trait that I, you know, I can see that, that we kind of add on to, like we're mm -hmm. going to be attracted to the things that, and the people that look like they're going to be successful mm -hmm. are going to, yeah. are going to um push our species farther exactly um speaking of evolution because this is something i've always thought about um like how do you think creativity fits in there like why do we create even though like if it goes back to evolution it's just to survive mm. the main essential yeah. underlying factor of evolution is like we'll eat survive and produce yeah. reproduce and move mm. forward why do we create yeah okay yeah absolutely i spent a number of years studying the same like idea uh i went to Oklahoma State and studied entrepreneurship and emerging enterprise, uh, which really, uh, by the end of it, I realized really just comes down to how to think creatively. I mean, really, um, that's really what it comes down to. And creative thinking uh, has to do with taking seemingly unlike things and pushing them, putting them together in novel ways. And if you can do those, that, exactly that, take unlike things, put them together in novel ways, you will find that that is what like that's creating um and uh, the matter of making that thing valuable to others is about how do you how can you present that as as such novelty you know because you can understand something as creative and novel and new and cool and different but trying to explain that to somebody else in a way that's going to want them to value or allows them to value it is a whole nother art form. It's called marketing. Um, it's a matter of saying, well, this is a good idea. Great. However, is it market viable? Like, is this actually something that people are going to buy? Um, and if it's not, well, there's a whole lot of work to do before that's possible. It's called market research or, um, uh, yeah, just consumer interaction. Like, how is this going to actually work? Like, for instance, uh, one of my professors in, in college was saying he had a great idea himself. He walked in one day and was like, he handed these, he put these little candles down on the on the table, like little, you know, like what are they called? They go underneath just to make little lights, like decorative, not yeah, anything, yeah. little, what I, they, I can't remember what they're called, spot candles or something. And he was like, all right, what are, uh, and gave, gave us some matches and was like, all right, um, tell me something about this. Tell me, like, what do you, what do you think? Like he didn't tell me his, they didn't, he didn't tell us his idea at all. It was just like, what do you think about this? And so we played around with it a little bit, you know, took him out of the containers, so back in, lit him on, lit him on, watched it light, saw like, well, what are, are these do weird candles? Are they like something that's different? Like those like, weird birthday we gonna, candles? Like, yeah, like, should we like turn out? the lights off? Should we like, I mean, just the people in the class, it was a class of, 
about probably like eight to 10 people. And it was a class called, literally called making things. Wow, nice. <laughs> so like our professor made this class because he wanted a class that was literally just about making things, nothing more. Just how do you make something? And so we're in this very early stages of, well, play, like under, like play with it. What is the thing? What is it? Well, play with it, no, whatever. And so after a while he asked us like, so what have you guys learned? And some people had some ideas like this, that, well, this, you know, this, blah, 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 all this stuff. He's like, all right, all right, cool. Well, is there any, how do you, um, like what's going on? Like what what's happening in this right now? And we're looking at it and some people had, uh, insights about well we are like some one person has an insight about the socio the social aspect of it well i've noticed that so and so and so and so teamed up and that they're doing this about blah, about blah, blah, blah. so some people notice the whole room you know notice the people the places right. some other person might be down there by themselves in a corner like analyzing like scraping apart the wax like analyzing in a way that's like what is this like down to the nitty gritty and the other, you know, other people might be trying different things, lighting on fire. Some people might be putting it in water, whatever else. But it's a matter of getting people together to try to find something out about something, <laughs> like so, piecing it apart. Right. And getting multiple, having multiple people involved is great because you have multiple perspectives on, on the same idea. And so that was also part of the lesson. But what he came out told us at the end, he was like, all right, so really the purpose of this, I wanted you all to try to figure out what I figured out but the thing is is i had a reference to to what this what the problem was like we didn't know what the problem was and you can look and find things as long as you want but unless you have a problem to solve you could search forever right like, and like without a goal without like yeah like well yeah it's like you could look at this candle figure out you know whatever forever but unless you have like a reference that doesn't matter and he was like i was playing with a candle wherever he was and i I was just kind of thinking like, what about what does this candle do? But his problem, sorry, I'll back up. His problem that he was trying to solve is that he was tasked by a oil company as like a consultant to um, him and a team of people to try to understand, to try to understand how to do what they do better. And what they do is to take oil out of the ground and pull it up to the top, right? Right. Well, the way in which they do it is very crude, literally, not like crude, yeah. It's very crude where it's just like, they just suck it out, you know? And it's like very aggressive and very dangerous, very explosive, very high pressure. So he was using the candle as like a, as a base a, because a, the way the wick burns with the so flame, okay. You might not know how the candle works, actually. I didn't know how the candle works until this. It burns a up. A candle it, pulls yeah. the, the solvent or the, the base, the, the wax, up through the wick and then burns it at the top. And the, the burning at the top is creating the pressure to pull it up this wick. Like a straw. Like a straw, yeah. which is like really cool. And so his idea was, this is a great idea and all, but this is an example of a great idea, but to actually apply that to the oil field is gonna take a lot more time and effort oh, and, yeah. and work and experience and talking to people that have you know, worked on this before maybe, but the crazy part is, is that people become multi-millionaires just having ideas. Yeah. So and like selling those ideas or patenting those ideas 
and then selling those to large organizations. Oh yeah, so you're thinking maybe the whole point of creativity mixed with evolution is just to make humanity better. To make it, yeah. I guess I kind of lost the original th- uh, question there at the beginning. But the idea of creativity is to build upon what our past selves, our past humans, our past living things did and taking what they know and taking what you've learned and pushing those together to create something novel or new. Uh, but the the whole process, um, it isn't just uh, as easy as just like coming up with a good idea. Like everyone has good ideas all the time. It's a matter of, well, is this idea more, is it more cost effective? Is it more efficient? Does it work better? Um, or is it, something that people are going to latch on to. Right. That's the real questions you should be asking. It kind of goes back to the saturation as well. Like there's so many, and we kind of talked about this while Mm -hmm. we were making coffee before we started. There's so many, for example, there's so many podcast people out there. Um, So many photographers, like I'm a photographer. Um, There's so many videographers, so many musicians. And and that's kind of like a two-way street. It's like, okay, well, why... Because I'm a firm believer that if you can create, you should create. Mm-hmm. No matter, I don't care if there's a thousand other people out there that do the same thing you do, you should create. Mm-hmm. I agree. But there's another question in that. Like, well, you're creating something. Is it going to benefit others? Mm-hmm. Is it going to add positivity yeah. to others? Or are you just creating just to create? Yeah. And that's a very deep question because, like I said, like, yeah, there's so many other podcasts out there that are very similar to this one and modern media and everything else. Um but it's almost comes down to like, you know what, maybe we're not meant to touch everyone in the world. Mm-hmm. Like everyone listen to our yeah. podcast. Maybe it's just the people in Oklahoma or Arkansas or mm-hmm. Texas. So I think that's where it kind of comes down to where like when it goes back to saturation and going back to are we just creating to create. Um, as long as you're creating with the purpose mm-hmm. and a positive purpose at that, yeah. I think it's like 100% yeah. good. I love that. I, I think it's most important as someone... I do struggle, I mean, a lot with maintaining a image, I think, of who I am online. I don't like to think about that. Why do you struggle with with that? Like, Well, let me ask you another question. Why do you think you should have an image? I know, right? That's a big question. So my journey through the interwebs and like social media was I got, I think I got Facebook like early on and that was just we all kind of treated it as what it was it was do you remember when you had to be invited to facebook oh yeah yeah i really i barely remember it because i i never knowing about it before i could be a part of it which Mm -hmm. i think was a huge contributor to its success and like notoriety as far as like exclusivity right and see i was invited to it like Uh, someone was like like stanford or something well i can't (laughs) god wish i can't remember but my friend had it and I was like, and she was telling me about it. And I, and I was like, oh, I want to join. I'm like, oh, you can't. You got to be invited. Like, and I was oh. like, oh, why not me? Let me be a part of right. it. And so she sent me an invite and I, you know, created the whole thing. There but you yeah, go. you're right. That's a good, that's a good strategy. On it is a great Mr. strategy. Mark Z's part. For real. I don't think it was intentional either at first. I think he was just using the, he was just using the tools that he had. And the tools he had were illegally obtained and illegally I don't know, not illegally, against the rules of Harvard. I think it was Harvard. 
Uh, where I think he went. To I Harvard. can't remember. I'm pretty sure he went to Harvard. I don't know. No, Stanford, wasn't it? Uh, one of those two. It started there. Some school that we. It was afford. because he <laughs> he had access to the email addresses of these Harvard everyone's email address essentially, and he hacked that to find it. Technically, it, like it was back whenever hacking was super easy. So it's like. If you can there do something no super walls, easy online, yeah. like it makes it feel like it's not, a, it's like okay to do. It's like, oh yeah, I just accessed like the email archive, you know, like uh, it was just there, you know, all I had to do was click like access email archive, enter, you know, it's there. So like, what's so bad about it? So he just used all those email addresses uh, to like build the base. And that's what kind of blew it up is using those. And then it, after like pretty much everyone is all the larger Ivy League schools had it. It got out after that. It just spread like yeah. wildfire. So, so you're thinking Facebook, just those early stages, really started to influence you online as like an image. Yeah, I think so. So really, that what started it was, um, man, very like unknowing uh, beginnings. Like when I started Instagram, for instance, what it really started like where I was like, oh, because that's the years I started like actually creating things. Like I'd taken pictures before when I was younger, like ninth, tenth grade. But by the time, like, well, whenever Instagram came out, probably like mid high school for me, 2011 or something. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, It was just about like the Instagram filters on like kind of not as good, like iPhone three and fours, like images, right? So whenever you saw, whenever I saw someone uploading a high quality image on there, it was like mind blowing. I was like, wow, these are really beautiful. Like, yeah. And I remember that's when I first started like following the artists that I still follow today. Uh, the ones that I consider like big influences on me. Uh, that's where I found them was Instagram and seeing some of the best work I'd ever seen inspired me to go out and create. So it started out as being inspired by great work to make, to allow me to go out and create that work for myself and then post it. So it was a very like, wow, I'm creating content that is really uh, arguably pretty good compared to like most other people I know. Right. You know, limited amount of people that I knew at the time, uh, you know, where I lived and who I knew online. But then I like kind of became very motivating for me because it was like, they didn't seem like very many people were doing this. And then so after I like kept posting, I realized later on that like I was, I had my own like personality on there, you know, like I would go back to my, my like, things I typed and I'd be like, wow, like that doesn't really seem like something I would say right now or today. It doesn't really seem like something I would have said then. But at the time I was, I was motivated and, and influenced by other people, other creators, my family, my friends to say certain things. And, but it's funny because after that becomes not, no longer me after time goes by, like, you know, my 2011 or 12 post, by the time it's 2014, I'm looking back and I'm like, these are junk. You know, these are these are like <laughs> terrible photos. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And it was a very like, I don't know, I felt the need to kind of like delete things sometimes. But then I like, as I grew on like over time even longer, I realized like I would I remember one specific time I came back from a music festival. I was probably like in the time of my life when I wasn't really that, I wasn't super creative. Like I wasn't actually creating a lot. Uh, like my s- freshman, sophomore years of college, um, I like went to a music festival and I came back home in a very like uh, dis- otherworldly headspace. Like I was no longer, I don't know, I was in a fantasy land essentially still. Right. And I came back and I was looking on my Instagram and I was just scrolling through, just kind of going back to like my history and like 
looking back at my old posts and I mean, I have posted back. I mean, I kept a lot of stuff up. I most everything. I maybe removed maybe like ten posts over like the whole course of my like Instagram history, and I went back and I like was reading like the words I was saying, and I realized that I was like able to like finally for some reason accept who I was then. Like I no longer looked at that self that I was back then as someone to be embarrassed of, right, or be yeah ashamed of it was now it was like wow that's me growing you know that's a that's a time machine back in time to see like what was important to me how i talked how i spoke how i typed and who i interacted with at that time influenced who was in my life influenced that post and my posts are all very thoughtful at least like when i went back i was reading i was like wow these are like very thoughtful, <laughs> very like almost like poetic at some times. It's like that like, meme of Dak. I too am also very humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I I like had like a like a newfound love for like my past self. It wasn't so much. Uh, you, you, instead of a, living up to an image, you just accepted yourself yeah, I was like, for who you what? were back exactly. then. Okay. So it was a transition of like, I was just creating to create. And then I like started to reflect on those creations as like, wait, is this me? Is this, is this the kind of artist I am? That's like, you know, 18 year old me, 19, 20 year old me. And then about 20 year old me, 21 year old me almost like realized like, wow, like I haven't, I hadn't been creating like in college really barely at all. Um, or at least like posting and sharing and all that stuff. Uh, and I finally, like I really realizing like, wow, like I don't have to be ashamed of and I don't have to really worry so much about what it is I do on there because two days from now, you know, or 24 hours from now, no one else will care except for me. Right. And, you know, primarily. And a year from now, no one's going to care, especially, you know, no, not anyone's going to really care, but me. And I will have a completely different view on that you know, right, later exactly. on. Yeah, you're, we're so, always like, changing exactly. as creatives. And like for the past, I think, man, it's been a while. I've been on this kick of like only create, like, okay, I've been trying to get back to, well, who am I posting this for? Like, am Going I posting? Going back to the why. Why yeah, am I why? doing this? why am I doing this? <laughs> like I've stopped posting on Instagram for probably, I don't even know, maybe since like February, maybe. Right. Because these last few months for me have been radically transforma transformative. I mean, like radically, like every, you know, like it seems like every like moon cycle, like I have a completely different consciousness or new understanding of who I am and what I'm doing. Right. And it's in, it's kind of, it's a weird place to be because I think as humans, we do crave mm, comfort and crave like home and crave, you know, kind of like this, uh, you know, I went out and did my work and I come back home and it's the same as I left it. Yes. You know, I really? went back home and I, I, see, I, I, I don't agree with see, that. Well, I, that's funny because I agree with that as well because I've battled back and forth. This is what I kind of want to talk about is like, I'm not any specific way. Like there are times when I feel like I need to have like repetitiveness and like home and safety and like winter time. Sometimes I get into right. that mood, but then there's also like, as soon as the 
the moon cycle changes. I mean, that's kind of me exaggerating, but like whenever the new cycle happens, like I'm I'm already ready to change again. Right. And so I'm trying to lean into both of those at the same time. I feel like I've been trying to like decide like, am I gonna be this way? Am I gonna be this way? And I'm realizing now is I don't have to be anyway. No. I can just be, I can just create, I can just do whatever I'm gonna do. And it's really just it's up to me who's going to be upset about that or who's going to care about it. Yeah, at the end of the day, you you are the one that lives with your choices. Exactly. Now, obviously, choices that you make Affect impact other others. People, of course. But when it comes down to the choices like that, you know, where am I living? Um, am I comfortable? Am I not comfortable? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just to touch base real quick, like I feel like humans, like I was talking to someone today, the other day about this, like they were saying, oh, I, I wish we didn't have to work. Mm. I disagree with that. Like, no, we're meant no, we to work. Need to work. Yeah, we're we... meant to work because if you think about it, the human body, just starts to just fall apart when it's sitting still. Mm-hmm. Like, think about how much obesity is increasing, how mm-hmm. much like back problems and everything's mm-hmm. increased because of sedentary lives. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wonder. Well, not just sedentary lives. So, well, not just sedentary, uh, like non-working lives, but sedentary working lives as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Big problem like sitting well. there on the computer. Like, yeah. I, like, like, I love podcasts and I love doing all this stuff, but... If you had to sit on this computer from nine to five every day, you wouldn't. <laughs> I've already decided if this was my full-time job, I would sell that desk in a heartbeat and do a standing desk. Oh, yeah. I'm 100% because uh-huh. I can't do it. Like I used to work at a sit-down job. And it mm-hmm. was terrible. Mm-hmm. But um, it also goes back to um, working our minds too. I think a lot of the older generation, you see a lot of struggles with Alzheimer's and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's because they don't work their minds. They just literally sit in front of a TV and don't do anything but watch TV and just retire. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very sad, but then then in the style of the line of work I am currently, we'll have an older generation that will come in and that keeps up with technology. It keeps up with reading. It keeps up with certain things. And man, they're just sharp as a tag, dude. Like they're all in it. They love everything. They're Mm -hmm. super, their mood's way better than people that don't do that. And it's just amazing. And kind of going back to what you were talking about with the home, you're getting ready to do a drastic move. Yeah, absolutely. That's so a talk huge... to us about that. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What yeah. are your plans? Because um, we we touch base a little bit on it, and you're you kind of keep going back and forth. Like yeah. I could do this or I could do that. Yeah. And I think it kind of comes back to like there's so much opportunity there. Yeah. It's just you're excited to start. So Definitely. tell us about that. I've been <laughs> quote excited unquote for months um about let's see i would say back in like maybe like uh november december um i was asked by a couple of my family members a cousin and her husband uh to um they were like so yeah we're like we're gonna move to amsterdam uh you should come with us and i was like uh i like kind of laughed i was like what Sure, like, all right, yeah, like, okay, sounds great. Like, it's like one of those casual conversations you yeah. just say, and like, oh, okay, whatever, yeah, sure, whatever. And like, um, you know, a, a few days pass, and I, I had, you know, already completely forgot about it and kind of just brushed it off because it's something that happens to us, at least me, I think, for a lot of people. Um, whenever you're confronted with something that's radical or like radically different or radical anything, like, even the smallest things like, like, you know, spontan spontaneity or spontan spontaneous action. Like a friend calls you up randomly and is like, Hey, let's go do this. 
your initial reaction is like, ah. Uh, As you watch uh, the office. Let me like try to find <laughs> something else I can do. Oh, I got to do this. Sorry. You know, and it's not because of you don't want to do that. It's because of that, that jarring, like, whoa, that's different. Whoa. And right. so like initially it was very like surprising and didn't really register to me as something that was even real at all. Um, and then, you know, a, a couple of weeks pass and, you know, my cousin Holly is like, so yeah, like, um, we're doing this. Uh, we're like selling our house. We're selling our cars. We're selling everything we own and we're going to move to Amsterdam. And I was like, You're, are you coming with us? And I'm just like, uh, yeah, let's do it. And so I decided air quotes decided to go, but I don't think that even, I even knew what I was doing, but a part of me was like, why not? Like, why would I not do this? Yeah. Like, I don't have responsibilities. Like, why would I not go? Um, so the last few months have been in like limbo, you know, very like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I'm planning on going to Amsterdam. We had been planning to go to Amsterdam since like February. Like that's when we started, like they were like, put the house up. And so like, we were like, oh yeah, we might leave like March 15th. You know, we're going to try to leave March 15th. And so I was like, got all my stuff in order, you know, applied. I was, I had already applied for my passport, like bought a blog, got all this stuff ready, like told my work. I was like, yeah, so like I might be leaving for Amsterdam, like around March 15th. Like I don't, we're just kind of depends on the house sells. And so they, uh, you know, they're, they go, they're, they're doing it. My cousins or Holly and Jake are just like, all right, we're selling this. We're selling that, you know, the house is up. A uh, house didn't sell for a while. It took a little bit longer than expected. And uh, the house finally sold in like, I think mid-May. Oh, nice. So, so a couple, yeah, I mean, yeah, like a couple months after uh, it took a little, I mean, longer than we expected, obviously. But so I'm, you know, in this limbo state where like I'm afraid to book shoots. Like I'm afraid to like book weddings because I don't know what's going to, I don't know where I'll be in four months from now. Like I really don't know. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you just at least book like small shoots, like stuff that you can do like yeah. within the next week or two? Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. Or is it one of those um, things where like we literally well, drop at the time? At the time, it was like it, we could leave any time, you know. The house right. Could so sell, we'll leave the in two weeks. You know, gotcha. the house could sell this week. We leave in two weeks. So I'm keeping everything very clean, very tidy, very like collected. And I was, I don't know, I got in the groove of being comfortable at my work and just kind of like always expecting like to leave. And this, you know, this kind of affected a lot more in my life as well, family life, relationships, things like that. But um, for the most part, it was it was allowing me to find like to get ready consciously to go. Right. And like, what's that gonna look like for me? But the kind of the darker, like not darker, but the bad side of that is that it allowed me time to think about what's gonna happen over there. Yeah. Uh, I started thinking, I was like, well, do I want to go over there and do just photography? Do I want to go over there and try to find a real job? You know, do I want to get my resume all spruced up and try to like go apply for like a tech company? Like, do I want like all these different ideas have popped up and every single one that I entertain, I, it gets to a certain point of complexity. And then I just like, Nah, forget it. And I just like <laughs> toss it to the side, you know? It's like you're in a line to get on a roller coaster. Exactly. Like the, yeah. the longer you wait, the more anxious you get, and the more and scenarios you, get to you the play. Front, you're like, I can't do it. You're like, F it. <laughs> <laughs> you just get in the seat yeah. and you just shoot off. Yeah. I think it's exciting. Um, I mean, there's so many different opportunities. Like when you were telling me 
um, that's what the vibe that I got from you. You were like, I'm really excited, but I'm also really nervous because I'm going exactly. into the unknown. Yeah, and like the the decision, man. We talking about making decisions is, you know, it's stressful to make a decision to decide like what I'm gonna do. But what I've come to after stressing for a few months now is like, I know, I really do know and believe that whatever I do. I will love and enjoy it to its fullest extent because that's what I do here. Right. Um, and everything I do, I just try to go into it with as much love and as much uh, creative forward motion as I can. And Does that just, include the things that don't really interest you, like a day-to-day job? Yeah. I mean, I've been working as a server for the past almost year now. And, dude, I don't want to go into it too much, but it has been – just a beautiful experience. Like every single person that I've interacted with, every single person at that job, or maybe not patrons, but at that job right. has been great. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the reason I was asking about that is because a few months ago, well, actually my whole entire life, I've worked jobs and it's always been like, okay, I'm gonna work this job so I can get to this level mm-hmm. or I'm gonna go to school to get to this level. And it was oh, always, yeah. it wasn't, I would go through stuff not to go through it, but to get to the next level. Goal-oriented, yeah. I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Because, like, obviously, like, my day-to-day job, it may not be what I want to do the rest of my life. It may not be the dream job, but I feel like a lot of the reasons why people complain and gripe about their current situations, like, well, my job, I hate it, sucks, and all this stuff, it comes down to the mentality of it. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, and, and as soon as I started realizing that and realized, like, okay, well, if I go to my job, and I go in literally the same attitude you were talking about. Like, I'm going to love it. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be creative at it. and Keep your eyes up. Keep, yeah, exactly. Keep your eyes up. Stay attentive. Stay, like, exactly. stay in the zone. And um, it, it changed so much. And that's when I started thinking. I'm like, I wonder if this is everyone's problem our age is that they were fed, like, you can do whatever you want when you get up, when you grow up. Mm-hmm. It's true, 100%. But they were not taught, or at least I wasn't taught the grind that you have to get through in terms of job. Like when I grew up, I had to do chores. I had to cut wood. I had to feed cows and horses. But I wasn't taught a day-to-day job, a nine-to-five. You got to put in your work there as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe not a dilemma, but a thing that really upsets people. Mm -hmm. Because by the time they're, you know, 28, 29, 30 years old, they're like, well, crap, I'm still working this nine to five job. I'm paying bills and everything, but I'm not doing what I love to do. Yeah. I don't, it might be too big of a conversation to get into, but man, like our, it's like the jobs that we were sold by our high schools and essentially our public schools um, were jobs that were also sold to our parents and a lot of parents have been working. And I think that we, as new generation whatever young people don't want the same things and we also are not fulfilled by the same lifestyle that our parents were and that's not anything to feel bad about that's not anything to like you know put get yourself down about but also like realize that we like you talked about evolution like we are evolving out of like from what our parents are into who we're going to be and our children are going to evolve from who we are into what they're going to be. And then our children are going to gripe about our generation exactly. and how we ruined it. It will. <laughs> they definitely will. It's a, it, history it's de- definitely does repeat itself. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you say that. There's a band called The Midnight that have a very, they have a song that talks about that. Like the lyrics go, 
Uh, we are not a sentimental age. We do we don't want our parents China or the ticket tape parade. Right. And it's um it's very true. Like I don't like when it comes to heirlooms and stuff like that for my family, like I value them. Mm-hmm. Like there's a harmonica I had my grandpa gave me a long time ago. Love it to death and because he's no longer with with us. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I don't like that's not what I want yeah. from my family. I want like quality time and just mm-hmm. to be with them. Not, oh, give me your China so I can remember you by yeah. it. Like, I don't care about uh-huh. that. Like, let me spend time with you while you're here. You know, let me exactly. get to know you while you're here and accept me as well for who I am mm-hmm. as I accept you type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And that's about the whole creating evolution, creating the whole next step in humanity's chapter yeah. and, and all that. Exactly. And it's it's exciting. It's, it's so exciting because, like, when it comes to creativity – um, I firmly believe this is like the greatest time to be alive. Oh, absolutely. Because there's so much going on. Dude, okay. I think this is, I don't know, this is something I need to say is like, we've talked a lot about like these polarized places that we find ourselves. Like we're either find ourselves, um, you know, creating, uh, craving more or craving less. We find, or we either crave more things where we crave less things. We either crave sentimental things or we create, or we crave, you know, non-sentimental or something or getting rid of stuff. Uh, but what I've been understanding in my short amount of life here is that there, it is, <laughs> it's okay to be on the middle path. Oh yeah, you know, and being okay with being on the middle path is what really as uh, interests me, and and what I try to find myself that state of consciousness where it's like, you know, just being without needing to be any certain way is a very great skill to have can also be very uh, detrimental to some people as well. And some, you know, just like everything, the paradoxical nature of reality is, you know, what's going to work for you is not going to work for other people and you shouldn't expect it to. But whenever someone is feeling some kind of way, they're feeling that way for a reason. Exactly. And you're feeling the opposite kind of way for a reason. And being able to see both sides of it and being in that middle way where it's like, I don't know. Uh, and then also asking yourself, what if I'm wrong in my beliefs? Yeah, <laughs> and just being like, wait, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. That's I. I maintain a pretty strong agnosticism on not just the existence of a higher being, but almost everything. Right. Where it's like, I mean, I'm on the camp of I don't know, but in this moment, this is what it is. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And and with these group of people, this is what it is. Um, and it's important to be a present with what is currently and not to get too worked up about what's happening in a year from now or what's going to happen if you do this thing. You yeah. Know, I think seeing you all create this podcast and see where it's going is amazing because it started off at a, at a place where you all were didn't even believe in it maybe or just were kind of like uh whatever it was just like trying to get off the ground yeah and but now you're finding this confidence behind you that's propelling you forward because you are seeing you're you're seeing yourself in it more and you're seeing that it's being it's being made into something real right and it might not yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because it's completely different for you all than, than for anybody oh, else. Yeah, it's interesting because like nowadays, like we release a bare minimum at least two podcasts a week. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, we're Highlight to Crave has come out season two and this will be out July, August roughly. Sweet. And so that'll be at least three a week. And then also we got video stuff that's coming out weekly mm-hmm. and um, it's, 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 it's fun. Like, and it's not so much like I'm happy and I love doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's become such a a norm. Yeah. Like, oh, this is 
is just the way it mm-hmm. is. Like I was talking to Briar. That's, dude, the habits I, train into, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was talking to Briar about this. I was like, look, dude, like I don't know what day of the week is half the time. And that's legit. Like there, I have no concept of a weekend anymore. Yeah. Like I know like there's been times I'm, it was been Friday. I'm like, is this Monday? Is this Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> and like there's no concept of week weekend time Man, any that's a really cool i love that it is and it's not because yeah briar is not on that level because oh, really? he still works monday through friday oh yeah and see that's probably what like what's got me into that is because i don't work monday through friday mm-hmm. i have split days off so like when it's like say friday or saturday he's like oh, i'm gonna go like watch a movie or whatever i'm like oh okay i thought it was tuesday whatever yeah like it don't right. matter to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so hey it's a uh, the sun's up <laughs> yeah it's another day i'm thankful to be down. here yeah but i wanted to touch on one thing we'll end it with this one i love what you said about finding being in the middle ground mm-hmm. it really made me think of um like someone walking on a tightrope or like a like a scale um obviously if you go too far left you tip mm-hmm. if you go too far right you tip mm-hmm. but if you stay right in the middle find common ground yeah um it, you stay balanced yeah. and i think that's what it all comes down to when it comes to create creating um, we can get distracted with Instagram images, Instagram likes, um, other people's views on us, um, family, travel, comfort, not comfort. But as long as we maintain that balance of like, okay, well, this is who I am in, in this moment. Mm-hmm. That's what I really liked about it. It was all about in this moment. This is who yeah. I am. And accepting that, then you're good. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Trent, man, thanks for coming on. Course. I had a great time. Good luck to you in Amsterdam. Thanks, man. Um, uh, real fast, tell the audience, and we'll put links and everything in the in the podcast notes and then on Facebook. But where can we find your work? I know you said you're not posting on Instagram. Do you have mm-hmm. like another website? Well, you know, uh, that's the cool thing about Instagram is that people love a good comeback story. Um, I have decided to. At first, I was gonna create. I will create a new Instagram to present just my professional work is kind of like a portfolio essentially. Okay. So like um, kind of like a TBH yeah. then. And that hasn't really been announced. Um, but my personal Instagram is where I will be documenting my journey and my travels. And I, uh, I have a, it's a very, it's personal, but it's also public, you know, what's the um, ad on it. So it's at Trent Brown dot co. Um, that's also my website, which isn't active right now. Um, but I, it's, I'd like to keep it kind of consistent across. So trimbrown.co is, is my ad and also my website. Um, so yeah, you can find all my work there. Uh, I also have a Facebook page, which, um, it, it's a good place to go and and look at my wedding work. Essentially that's where a lot of my wedding work goes, Okay. but my Instagram is my best place to find me and you will find me. Um, like I talked about earlier, like if you scroll back, uh, I'm, quite vulnerable i'm I'm, i feel like i'm very like i share stuff that like you know maybe isn't as you know as instagram me as as a lot of places things are but i like that i like that i like to keep it authentic and i like to just be who i am and uh i think that's the most important thing i can do right now is be who i am and not worry about uh who I was or who I'm going to be. So. That's, that's right. That's right on. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the theme of this week for me is exposing your weakness and boasting in it. Boom. But man, Trent, thanks for coming on. Um, when he gets his website and everything posted, it may be posted by the time this podcast comes up. If not, we're going to keep you guys updated. We'll post it on the podcast and the media group. And that's what Highly Crave is all about. It's about supporting each other. There you go. I mean, you would think being a photographer, you'd want to, wouldn't want to have other photographers on, but I mean, who cares? Like, let's all support each other. Community over competition. Exactly. All right, we'll see you guys in the next one. You have a great day. This is Dalton signing off. Bye.